You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Welcome into the Conduits of Troubles, Olgad and Scoggins and uh, Chip Scoggins. Let's start as we record this on Friday morning with uh, what transpired Thursday night at Target Field. The Twins losing game one of a uh, key four-game series to the Cleveland Indians. Kyle Gibson becoming the third consecutive starting pitcher um, for the Twins to be, how can I put this kindly, overwhelmed on the mound. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is certainly uh, not pleasant to watch, mm-hmm. but I can't say it's entirely surprising either. No, and... What did we say from, I don't know, eight weeks ago that not only did they need help with the bullpen, but they needed another starter, yep. like a frontline starter, yep. to pair with Barrios as a one slash two. And it's becoming painfully obvious now as they play good teams. You saw it against the Yankees. You saw it against the Braves. We saw it last night uh, against Cleveland. Kyle Gibson went back to nibbling. Yep. And... He started good, but had one rocket off the wall by Puig, and it's you know he just kind of he was all around the zone, and so six walks just really sucked the life out of Target Field there. Career high uh, six walks, yeah, too. career high, and so yeah, I mean it's it's you, I think we've said this before, but if you go into if they get in a playoff series, you basically have one guy you can trust, and yes. that's Brios, and yes. and it's not like he's a wily veteran of with playoff experience. You know he's twenty five, and but you, I think you'd re- have reasonable confidence sending him out. But after that, like, who's your game two starter? I assume it'd be Odorizzi, but he's up and down right now. Yes, Gibson's hot and cold, not good against good teams. Pineda's hurt. Perez is probably heading to the bullpen. And so, and and Cleveland's rotation. You look at them, and now they by the end of the month they could have Corey Kluber back. Uh, he made his oh him yeah the two time Cy Young winner. oh just the guy who's won a couple of Cy Youngs so that's like their trade deadline pickup getting Corey Kluber you know yeah what's the twins Sam Dyson <laughs> Sam Dyson Sergio Romo uh, Romo this is um if, if you're a Twins fan this has got to be frustrating too mm-hmm. because you know th- this whole we, we like to talk about windows of opportunity and you've got you know oh, man five years you're going to be really good you're going to be really good for five years but Chip. You know as well as I do that in sports there are years that feel special. Yes. And like things come together and and basically the sports gods send you a message saying now would be a good time to probably pull the trigger on a move that you might not make uh, or wouldn't have made two years ago. It might not make mm-hmm. in two years. And so I just as, – as we sit here and have this conversation right now with the Twins having dropped three, uh, three in a row, two to Atlanta and one to Cleveland, and they play again on uh, – Friday night, Devin Smeltzer against Bieber. Um, I can't help but feel that an opportunity was at least ignored here. Yeah. Uh, when when you have an offense this good and a team that can score like this and, and guys, if they're not necessarily having career years, they're certainly having great years, some mm-hmm. of them. I understand the frustration of fans who might say, why not now? Yeah, well, yeah, because you're not going to hit a record number of home runs every year. This is the reason why this is a record and it hasn't been done for a long time because it doesn't happen every year. You're not guaranteed to have nine guys hit 20-plus home runs next year. And so 
that's where it feels like an opportunity loss. And here's the problem. Put on your psychologist hat here. In hockey, what does it do to a team when they don't trust their goalie and the goalie gives up? They press. Goals? What happens in football where the defense keeps getting three and out, three and out, and the offense can't do anything with it? They complain they to the media. They complain. That's what you wonder eventually what's going to happen with this offense. That's a great point. That they know they have to score eight, nine, ten runs to have a chance to win. You can't operate that way. And you're always down early. Yeah, like last, it was 4 nothing last night. Yeah. Yeah, and and so it's – What was it with Burrios and with Perez? So it's four rip. Twins come back then, and to their credit, the bats score two runs in the bottom of the fourth. Okay, so now it's 4-2. That feels manageable for sure, right? And then in the top of the fifth, Gibson gives up two more, and so now it's 6-2. to two. So, like, you're constantly fighting this battle of, no, we've got to score more. We've got to hit home runs more, right here. Hit home run. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I, I mean, they're not going to complain about it, obviously, because they, I mean, that's not how this team's wired. But you do wonder if subconsciously or whatever they think, man, we've got to score a lot tonight because X blank, whoever is starting. And it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to count on just, Okay, we get we're gonna have to score eight nine runs against good pitching. Like if you get in the postseason, you're not facing Kansas City's starting rotation. You're not facing Detroit. You're gonna face Houston's, Cleveland's. Yes, New York's is not that good, but no. But we've seen what happens when they play really good teams. Yeah, and it's very difficult. Yeah, and and you know, the Braves, your club, your old yeah. club, the, the Braves really are good. really good. Yeah, they're legit, and the Braves and, and they're young. Yes, but I mean that's a team that's a great test. Yeah, to say and and to the Twins' credit, on Monday, Snow hits the home run. They come back. That's an impressive momentum, feeling, shifting victory, right? Yep. And so you basically say, okay, take that and capitalize, and, and then Barrios and Perez and Gibson, yep. and, and I would you you can score runs enough so that you in some of those three games certainly did did have chances as the twins what lost 7 to 5 to Cleveland on Thursday you had chances to rally so i get that but in some ways too you're saying come on give me a you know winning, give up four runs yeah winning 10 to 8 is i don't know how many of those you want to be in right it's just it just seems like a hard existence to well, live and the yankees too uh when and they they've had tons of guys hurt, but when the Yankees are healthy, Chipper, they are prepared to try and win yeah. seventeen fourteen. Yeah, like they're like, okay, we can't really pitch, <laughs> but we will just continue to hit. We'll just keep slugging. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you get Buxton back healthy, get Crone right, whatever's you know he's ailing, and who knows how serious this Cruz injury is. I mean, that yeah, strained wrist last night. Strained wrist, which is what he had before, and made and he, he obviously came back from it and was hitting great. So you don't want to you know, create too much panic, but it might be something that lingers all season. And, and so, but there's no doubt about the lineup, but it's just, man, when you're playing good teams, you, you, you need a starter to give up three runs occasionally or two runs. Yes. Pitch seven innings and give up two runs. Yes. Well, the, the expectation, and it certainly uh, didn't, didn't occur against the Braves is that Brios will do that consistently. Yeah. And he's been very that good. That was a clunker. He's he, been he's, very he's, good. He's, right. he's entitled to a clunker. But then, you know, Perez, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's not working. It's not working. Gibson went back to being Gibson in games against like a good that team. against a good team. Right. And so, and the Perez start did surprise me. Beyond that, I'm not surprised. You yet. mean the Brios start? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I mean, 
Perennials. Yeah, and and now you have Smelter. Yeah. And well, and I, I don't even think that's fair to the kid to be like, okay, Devin, we need you to go get them. We need to stop right now. We need, yeah. yeah. Like, this, mean, is a, this is a start tonight, and it's against Bieber, who is an all-star. Yeah. And this is a start tonight where you should have ultimate confidence that whoever does start can go out and do the job. And Smeltzer was great on Sunday, but it was against the Kansas City Royals. What do you think the, the – I've been – Impressed with the Twins clubhouse. We've praised them all season long. Professional, mature, don't get rattled. What do you think the mood will be like in their Cleveland passes in this series? You know what? I don't know that it'll change. I'll give you two answers. One is I don't think it will change. I think it'll be pretty consistent because I I think the guys who set the tone aren't going to change. Now, Cruz being hurt, if he has to go on the IL and and is out for an extended period, that could could alter my uh, previous statement there. But the other thing to what you said before, and I can't gauge this, and I think it would be um, foolish not to think it could happen, Chip, is at some point in time, the offense, the the guys who continue to hit could be like, we can't do this without any pitching. Yeah. And, and if I'm and them, start pressing more than saying something publicly, if, yeah. But if I'm but if I'm them, I'm upset. I'm really upset that that I showed, um, Falvey and Levine for how long mm-hmm. what we were capable of doing, and and we had a big lead at one point. But you know, if I'm a player, privately at least, I'm thinking to myself again. That Yankee series showed you because the Twins hit that series. It's not like they didn't yeah. hit, right? So I'm thinking to myself, okay, you saw that too. I saw it, and and if if I'm Cruz or Gonzalez, I'm not getting younger. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Like I ain't part of a 2023 plan. <laughs> no, right? No. So and I'm you- saying that that was your opportunity to see, and and this was no fault of mine. If I'm Cruz, no fault of mine. If I'm mm-hmm. Gonzalez. And you didn't do anything because because you're afraid of the you know three years. prospects. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you do so wonder I'm frustrated. You do wonder the human component of. I mean, they were up eleven and a half games, and that wasn't sustainable. I mean, and Cleveland has played. This is not yeah. a fluke. No, like Cleveland has been. It's, it's, it's gone on too long for it to be right. Just, I mean, but the Twins haven't played terrible. But the Cleveland Indians have been lights light, out. Yes. Well, they've been the best team in baseball. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean. Nelson Cruz does not care about a prospect in double A, single A, triple A. He, I mean, it doesn't even register with Nor him. should he. Nor should he. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't think anybody in that clubhouse should. I mean, because you can't. Players aren't wired to worry about five years from now. And, and quite honestly, front offices, I know they have to, but there's no guarantee a front office is going to be around in five years. <laughs> with the way, no, there's way not. professional sports change. So I'm not saying you have to be reckless, but I honestly, the more you watch this, and I felt this way, I kind of waffled back and forth. That I felt more strongly as it went on that Lewis Kirilov, I would give up one for a, a, a frontline pitcher. I would have. The statement that that, that potentially w- would have sent to, to me, would have been enormous. Mm-hmm. Would have been absolutely, and not just to the uh, fan base, but also to that locker room, that clubhouse, to everybody. That if you said, you know what, this player's really good, but damn it, this has a team. And I really, I believed, I, I believed coming out of 
the Yankees series that if they made the right moves, that this was a legitimate World Series type of team. Mm-hmm. And now I can't say that. Like, they could, could they luck their way into some things going right? I've seen it before, so I can't say that no. But do I have confidence now yeah. with, with this rotation and, and where it's going? No, I can't. Not when you would stack up. I mean, just think about it. If, if they got in a series with Houston and you had, right. to, and you had to just stack up their rotations. I mean, right. come on. And then you've got to win. That's not to say that this offense won't score 10 runs and, and just get hot and everybody, you know, and click and you win a series that way. But I don't think they're going to pitch anyone yeah. and win a series that well, way. Can they're going to slug everybody. If, if you play the Astros, can you match up to a point where you can win, let's say one game gets out of control and you it's 11 to 9, but then can you win uh, two games, let's say one 4 to 3 and one 5 to 2? I don't see that right now. I just. No. It's not out there. No. And I don't think you're going to. I wouldn't suspect that you would have six games with football scores. No, <laughs> you not know, against that rotation. No, so there's going to be you're going to have to win and the Yankees, a three to two game at some point. And the Yankees who don't have the pitching and didn't go get the pitching, the Yankees can beat you seventeen to fourteen, 15, sixteen to fifteen. Yep. That's the problem too. They can swing with you. Mm-hmm. So, but it's just. It's too bad because there, there was there was definitely an opportunity here, and I I feel like I it was it's not lost though, Judd. Oh, you mean to get the yeah yeah, yeah. no, I, but they there was an opportunity here that I feel like was passed on to protect something that we're all fairly uncertain about. Yeah, and that's you know, and I I don't want it to sound like they're not winning the division because they got nine more head to heads with Cleveland, oh, six yeah. of them well, they here, can win the and they definitely can I'm win the division. World Series. But getting to the World Series. If you had asked us six weeks ago, we would have, you know, yep. oh, yay. I mean, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk guarantee, but you felt pretty confident now. It's like, ooh, I don't know what the staff, I just, it just doesn't seem, you know, it, it just seems like a pretty steep mountain to climb with this start rotation. Chip, do you think Byron Buxton ever stays healthy? No, and I did a column on this, and it's, it's funny, like, it's too, I think me and you probably disagree, and I, I understand, like, they need him to, figure out how not to get injured and it's weird to say that um correct and i had talked to to derek falvey for that column about this and he said he he had read something a couple years ago where king griffey jr and i didn't follow king griffey jr's career early in the year but he i guess he got injured a lot by uh slamming into walls doing the same thing byron did yeah i think he broke his wrist at one point yeah and he, he went through kind of similar thing and then he as he got older he figured out uh positioning angles maybe how to go into the wall or whatever Mm -hmm. but my contention is and it's weird to say this but in some ways Buxton's speed is a detriment to him because he gets the balls that other outfielders are not the one he got the concussion on or concussion like symptoms um what percentage of outfielders play that on a hop 90 oh yeah 99 98 whatever yep but he sees it, and he's like, oh, I can get that ball, and he goes. And, like, that's his natural instinct. Like, he sees a ball hit. You have a split second to react. He, he sees I can get there. He's flying 100 miles an hour. He dives, catches the ball, not slamming into the wall, but dives and, you know, head bounces, and he gets a concussion. Like a car crash. Well, how's he going to avoid that? Oh, no, the, I, I said the same thing. Like that, I'm, I'm with you. And, and he did that because um, after he crashed in the wall in early April in Kansas City, by playing too shallow and going back and slamming against the wall, they positioned him deeper. deeper yeah. so, so the collisions with the wall wouldn't be as violent. 
And the ball in Cleveland, though, was a result of him then having to charge in. Mm-hmm. No, the, my point now is, is this. I could still certainly see saying, I don't want you crashing into walls, okay? But Chip, he also got hit on the yeah, wrist this, by a it, pitch. He came in for, for a ball, and I don't know how you tell him, hey, dude, just pull up, don't dive. That one off his foot, right? So, yeah. So I, my question now is, e- even if you solve the wall problem, do we think he stays healthy for prolonged periods because he just ends up, some guys just end up yeah. getting hurt all the time. And he added 20 pounds of muscle. Yeah, and I don't even know if that works that great. It may, but but, it, at but least your he's thinking about it. thing is right, though. At least he's thinking about it. The and concussion thing, I don't know. That ball in Cleveland, what do you tell him? Well, you don't, don't dive? And the thing is, is like even even crashing against the wall is how many how many times on those that he crashes against the wall would a different outfielder play it off the wall? Ordinarily. Like Max Kepler. Yeah, we played off the wall. Max Kepler but, is probably what we see when, when he replaces Byron from most center fielders. But saying, no, oh, they should coach that out of him. I don't think you coach that out of him. I think it has to get to a point where he gets tired of getting hurt. Okay, yeah. Like you could say Byron will play you deeper or, you know, they had uh, they had Torrey Hunter talk to him. Falvey told me they had Torrey Hunter talk to him in spring, and I, and I called Torrey and talked to him about it, and he's like, I'm not going to tell – Byron to slow down or, or change who he is because you can't do that. Like, it's instincts. It's split second. I'm going to go get that ball. You can't right. think about where's the I mean, I guess you can't think about where the wall is, but maybe as he gets more experience, you know, he'll learn how to position his body. I don't even know if that's possible, but I don't, I honestly don't think it's something you can coach out of him. I think it has to come from him and it has to get to the point where he says, I'm sick of getting hurt. Well, what was the game? I think it was uh, a target field chip in May against the Brewers where, where he tried to climb the chain link part of the yeah. left center field fence, and he fell off and got hurt, and, and now he didn't go on the I.L. for that, but he left that game. That's the type of thing that's I'd, silly. I'd be like, I never want to see you doing that yeah, again. That, that's silly. Don't be doing that. You're that's, not Spider-Man. That, that's a bunch of crap. Th- there's, a, there's a difference between right. being fearless and reckless. That's right. reckless. And, and he... When he was playing shallower and went back on balls, what frustrated me, and he actually was was or has gotten away from this, was he would initiate the contact yeah. with the wall. Mm-hmm. And then when they played him deeper, I think they also said use the wall as a cushion not uh, not a a football player not yeah. a, you know you're you're not a cornerback and a guy didn't just catch a ball on, on you and now you're trying to knock that guy's head off. So I think they have made steps. My question is, though, when you look at the resume of his injuries, is do we ever think? Because if he can't stay, if he can't consistently play for this team, mm-hmm. he's a big enough difference maker overall for, for this club yeah. that you really have to ask yourself the question, do you pay him long term? What do you do here? Because when he's playing, I think he's marvelous. Yeah. Well, I asked him, because I, I stopped him that day, I said, do you think you ever foresee yourself changing the way you play? And he's like, "Yeah, not really. He said... My philosophy, you go all out, balls to the wall, yep. or don't play at all, is what he said. So that's his mentality at 25. Let's see what his mentality is at 27 or 28. Maybe it changes. Maybe he becomes like Griffey, where he's like, you know what, let's live the fight but another Griffey day. But Griffey also just slowed down then, and, and well, maybe you know, he, part of that time with the Reds was not good. Maybe he maybe Byron loses a step, too. I, I hate I, to say this, though. But I really think, with the way things are currently constructed with Buxton's career, and I think he's 25 right now, is that yeah, correct? Yeah. I think if you're the Twins, unless he unless he takes an extremely uh, long-term extension that's a team-friendly contract chip, I think you take it 
year to year because your control of him lasts for quite a while. Yeah. And by the time he would get, let's say, that eight-year multi-million dollar deal, he's going to be slower. And the problem, too, is he keeps getting hurt. And so there's probably a case to be made that by the time he gets that contract, you're going to be like, do I really I, – you're descending enough now that yeah. I don't want to pay you for that. So, like, this is a really interesting topic. Well – because because if he was playing, let's say he was consistently playing 140 in games played or something, his price tag is big. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you pay it, right? Well, they oh yeah, for sure. They have the leverage in terms of, hey man, you can't stay healthy, so you know we can't give you an right. enormous contract because we can't tie up that kind of money with your injury history and risk. But he has a leverage of look how much different they are with him. Right, but if he can't stay in there, yeah, yeah, and, and he's playing up 110 games or. And 115 hey, games, then you're just saying, you know what, Byron, you do you do make an extreme difference when you're playing. You're just not playing enough for us to pay that. And you know what, Judd? Maybe that's what causes them to change. If if it's money, if there's a difference in yeah in money and contract, maybe you know. I still think it's hard to to coax that out of someone who, who's wired that way. But if he's if it's going to be the difference in a big contract and a medium contract, maybe he says, hey, I'm losing money by being reckless but hey it's 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 hard i mean because it's i I can see both sides but i just know you know when the ball's hit he's not thinking about all these he's not processing all this stuff he's what's he processing i'm gonna go get the damn ball right i'm gonna go catch it and there's no ball that's uncatchable and right but that's where but that's where you probably have to reassess your life goals and be like you know what that ball not catchable yeah and it's gonna hit the fence and i'm gonna play it off but how many with him are not catchable But, you know, if, if you could go back now, what, a, a week plus uh, to the game against the Marlins, and you could be like, in by the way, a game the Twins lost, yeah. and be like, okay, it's a double. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, that's fine, because he'd be playing last night. He'd be playing against the Braves. Yeah. I, I, I do think it's – I think it'd be one of two things. He'll realize he's losing money because a team can't invest in him, or he just gets sick of being injured and being out. Yeah. And he says, you know what, I'm as great as I am at catching – I hate being on the injured list. So I think I think more than anything, because people talk about they got to coach it out. I, I just honestly I don't know how you coach a mentality. Well, I think they had the right idea, right? Well, by, yeah, they've done things him, yeah. by playing him d- yeah. deeper was smart. Now but it, it hasn't back, has it worked. It backfired in Cleveland. Yeah, no, but I I think that they are they are very aware of the fact that if this guy can't play, like it doesn't matter. Okay, so he robs a guy of a double. Yeah, uh, but you know what? If he can't play for the next three weeks or a month i don't care Wasn't worth it yeah. you didn't do it yeah you know yeah, you, i agree you hurt me you hurt you <laughs> you didn't hurt the marlins they don't they don't give a damn yeah so i don't know uh go for quarterback situation yeah what, what's uh, going on there well anicstead's out he had surgery on wednesday so foot he, injury foot injury that yeah i don't know the, i don't know if he broke it or yeah just first week like two days second day of practice i think his first day of pads okay just felt something pop and so PJ hasn't put a time line on, just said indefinite. Um, so a lot of that just sees how he heals and rehab goes. Sure. I mean, it could be red shirt, could be back to year. I mean, it's too early probably to tell. But I thought he was going to win the job. I mean, if you ask me who's the most talented quarterback, he's their guy. And so just arm talent or what? Do you yeah, think? size, arm talent, the way he throws it. Um, I mean, but Tanner Morgan, shoot, he won at Wisconsin. He won a bowl game. He beat Purdue. He was, what, four and two as a starter. He's not the biggest guy, obviously. Um, he's not going to like wow you physically when you see him, but he 
You went four and two and beat one at Wisconsin. How many quarterbacks, Gophers quarterbacks, can say that? And so they're they're in capable hands. I mean, the the issue now is your one ankle sprain from back to a true freshman. I was going to say, who's next in the quarterback de- uh, depth chart? I, well, I will say the Jacob Clark kid, the the Ballyhoo kid from Texas. He looks the part. I mean, he is big, throws the ball. Um, Big arm, six five, about two ten. Yeah, he look. Like you when you look at me, like, sounds like a quarterback. Yeah, when you look at me, you're like that's what a Big Ten quarterback looks like, you know. <laughs> um, but he's a true freshman. Sure, I mean he's been here two weeks or what, I mean I guess he came in January. But so I assume he'll be the number two. But it, if it was something they were like a one game pinch, it would not surprise me if they put Seth Green there and just said we're going to run seventy times. You know, right. Um, like they did with Straveler. And non conference you could probably you do could that. You could probably do it. Game. It wouldn't be a long term solution. Right. Um but you know, I don't I don't say Morgan has to do nothing or just be a manager, but they're not gonna ask him to go out there and you know, carry everybody on his shoulders. Throw slants to Tyler Johnson or Rashad Bateman. I was gonna say they they've <laughs> got enough okay. components around to, him, right? Yeah. And so and they gotta I mean Judd, the running back. That offensive line is enormous. They are huge, and you have a good power running game. You got one of the best receivers in college football. Rashad Bateman's going to be a star. The the true sophomore. Wait till you see him. So they've got three guys that that can that can catch the ball really well. Is well, I think Bateman can. Ottman Bell and 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 Tyler Johnson. I mean, you got three, and they they all established themselves last year, right? Um, And then if you add in some of these tight ends that they're Supposedly going to add into the mix this year. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they use Rodney uh, Smith. Some split him out to try to get you know multiple running backs on a on a field. And he can catch the ball. So I mean they they have a lot of skill positions. So it's it's not like they're saying all right Tanner go win it for us. It's don't it, screw you it hate up. to say is don't make the bad mistake yeah, because you still have to make plays if you're quarterback. Yeah. yeah, but. Look at how many times last year Tyler Johnson just killed teams on slants. I never could understand if you watched him. Like he was good for like seven slants a game, and like teams just cannot take it away from him. I don't know if he's that strong off the line or what, but um, so I have confidence in Tanner Morgan. Um, but it's when you lose a guy you think might be your starting quarterback three practices in, it's not a positive. How good is this defense now? Uh, I mean, last I, year was the I, extremes I think, because they yeah till they. Fired the coordinator. It was a joke, and then they actually looked okay. Yeah, they have. They like last year. You could see they were faster. They were young, and the the defensive coordinator was had was way too complicated, and so they simplified. Still one of the great mysteries of all. I know that that entire thing. And by the way, I think Fleck and coach. Like if Fleck was just an incompetent coach, and you'd be like, okay, his coordinator was terrible. But I think PJ can really coach. So, but he offense. No, I know, but like he sees. I think he's a competent coach, and ordinarily you'd yeah. be like, I hired the wrong guy as my defense Well, and he realized – I mean, I think he was – I think he knew it, but it got to the point of no return during the season where right. you cannot go forward with this. Which I think you wrote. Yeah, well, I did. It's like this was you're, – you're risking your own credibility as a head coach by allowing this to continue. Yeah. At, at, the Illinois game was literally probably the worst thing I'd ever seen defensive. I mean, the, every touchdown and felt like it was the 60 years. Vikings. Yeah. Um, so, but they get they have – they have players. I mean, Carter Coughlin's a really good defensive end. Thomas Barber, he's going to be a three-year starter. Kamal Martin's a three-year starter. Now you're adding Antoine Winfield Jr. back. Speaking of staying healthy, 
Yeah, I know. If he if he's healthy, he's a difference maker. We've seen it, you know. Oh, he's great. Like he's he's like his old man. He's a yeah, great he's a player. Playmaker. He's a playmaker. He's a great player. But he I'm makes, saying, can he stay healthy? Yeah, I mean, it's, we've never seen it. No, I mean, and so that's you know a key for them. They got a Notre Dame transfer defensive tackle that's big, but we'll see. I mean, so they have. You look at him; it looks like they have talent, but I think there's obviously more questions on defense than offense, and so, but. If they're going to be weak defensively, what's up the big, middle? I would think, and then and then they have a lot of guys competing in the secondary, um, and so they have some they have position battles open there. So it's not like they're a veteran group back there. That okay, we got four starters that you know you can count on. There's there's positions that are guys are trying to win. So that's that's always a question. And as I said earlier in this podcast, conduits of trouble, Chip Scoggins. Football season is here. Yes. And we're taping this on Friday. Yes. The uh, Vikings open the preseason uh, tonight against the Saints. What's your basic feeling about this team right now? And I'm not going to ask you what you plan on gleaning from the preseason because we've all covered this long enough to know you can't glean much. But what's your basic feeling what now? Three weeks into camp? Two and a half weeks? Yeah, it's weird. about this club? Um, I think... I don't think they're going to be bad, right? I would be surprised if they're bad because, it, you know, barring injury, catastrophe, yeah. sure. injury. But I think there's too much talent on defense for this team to be bad. I really do. I agree with that. And enough skill on yeah, offense. I don't expect them to be bad. Like bad is six wins. Yes. Yeah, I don't. No, I just I don't, don't see that. I agree with you. But would would I be surprised if they went like 12-4? and four? Yeah. 11-5, and five, I'd be surprised. What wouldn't surprise you? 10 wins? I think they're an 8-10 to 10 win team. And is that is ten wins good enough to get you in the playoffs? Maybe in this, May, divi- it in might this division. Be able to slide in in this yeah. division. I was going to say, and plus, you're, what what you're saying to me also depends greatly on, you know, are the Packers really sure. good again now yeah. with with a new coach and a great quarterback, and can that that quarterback stay healthy? Are the Bears that the same team? I mean, the Bears scored a lot of points on defense mm-hmm. in 2018. <laughs> you can't count on that. But does Trubisky take a, another step forward? I know. You know, you know, so I think it's weird. This is the first time I, I don't have a real strong opinion on this team's going to be really good or really bad. It just feels like it's sort of wait and see. I agree with that. Yeah. You know? And I... I, I but I do think I do like the changes they made on offense. I think that'll be helpful. But it still comes down to how much better is the offensive line and how much better is Kirk Cousins because of that. And can Delvin Cook play an yeah. entire season? That'll be uh, that. That's another one of you know Buxton. Yeah, Winfield with the Gophers. Cook. If Cook can play, the dynamic of your offense has changed completely. Sure. But if he you know, gets four games in and hurts something again, that also. Yeah, because if he, if he if he plays 14 games, 15, they're not finishing 30th in the NFL in rushing again. Correct. And let's say if they jump up and they're in the top 15 in rushing, how much better is Cousins than this offense? I think it's going to be significant, don't you? Because then that yes. opens up play-action pass, and that yes. feeds into Kurt's strength. And it's not. But your point is the best point. Everything is going to trace back to defense. Like, your offense needs to be good and competent and operate and score points. But you're right. This is not – the Cousins signing a year plus ago now 
seemed to change the focus to, oh my goodness, they've signed Kirk Cousins and he's this big-time quarterback. But it was never done with, with the intention of changing the outlook of how this team won football games. The blueprint, no. It just thought it would get that, that offensively they would have a better quarterback and so the offense would be better, which en- ended up in 2018 being flawed. But your point is the best point. This, this begins and ends with your defense. Mm-hmm. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, the first people to hoist the Lombardi trophy on this team should be the defensive people. Yeah, because... We'll need to be the defensive people. Everything they do is still predicated on having a top-five defense. Mm-hmm. And if your defense slipped to number 15, you got problems, I think. Because then you would need your quarterback to be lights out in the offense to score a lot of points. And I think they'll score more points this year, but... Is it enough? Would it be enough to make up for how much you're going to sacrifice if they if this defense did a major backslide? And I just don't think with Zimmer, barring a string of injuries to key players, I would just be stunned if his if he fielded a 15th ranked defense. You, I just don't see it. I agree with you there. I mean, it there's too many good players there, no. and even he can take you know backups, Stephen Weatherly, yes, and make them good players. And he in can his take team. backup. Uh, cornerbacks and yeah. guys in the secondary and make them good. And so that's why I think everything they do is predicated on being a top five defense. And so I think if you have a top five defense, you're going to win X number of games, right? Yes. And so is it just, is the offense going to be improved as much to where you go, you win nine or 10 games or dramatically improved and you win 12, I think improved enough to win. I'd, I'd fall more nine and ten now before I, I yeah, see something. That's, just say, okay, that's very fair. This yeah. thing is just completely different. Yes, Kurt's everything they did for Kurt in the offensive line is great. Okay, they're a twelve and two. I just until we see something, I can't really say that. And don't forget too that the first uh, the first four games of two thousand eighteen defensively they got off to a bad start. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the the Saints exploited something starting at halftime of the uh, playoff game, and then the Eagles crushed them and embarrassed them. And then th- those first four games, I believe it was through the Rams game last yeah. year, was not good defensively. And then they shifted. And what, did, what was the narrative? Zimmer picked up on something that teams were adjusted to their blitz. Yeah, remember and, what, what was the narrative? I can't remember. I, I want to say the key play that about what you're talking about went back to the Cooper Cup touchdown where it looked like Barr was in coverage, to, but it wasn't supposed to be Barr. Yeah. Barr, like... Barr like tried to save it and couldn't, and and b- because of how the play looked, we all said, "What are you doing with Cooper Cup and Barr?" But I think that that was was what, what teams and and that's the thing is guys like McVay and Nagy are really good offensive coaches, yeah. but to Mike's credit, Mike is really good at saying, "Oh, you they found schemed something? us on this. Yeah. I'll scheme back because they were scheming them on something. Yes, with their linebackers. Yes, and so that's that's the difference. But Mike is good, so like Mike Mike is is not like, well, my principles work, and we're not changing a thing. He's like, oh. Bleep it! I'll change. That so he then. stopped doing the double A gap blitzes. I think much. They, yeah, yeah, I think they. Yes, they pulled back. I, they still did them, I think, but they pulled back on. And them. that's where you trust him. Like he yes. knows what he sees. He knows how to fix things. Yes, and he's not. He, in some ways, he's old school. But when it comes to adjusting to what teams are doing to him, he's yeah. not old school at all. He'll adjust in a second. Oh yeah, and he'll put. Which is why I think what you're saying. Well, look what he does with Harrison Smith. On. Yeah, you, you know, and so, so I, you know. Until we see this offense, this Kubiak offense, and see is it really different, and the offense is really different. Um, I think it's going to get off to a good start. My question is, as teams then scheme for it, can it maintain consistency? Because I like what they're going to do, and 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 I like the fact that they're now 
going to take an offensive line, which is probably suspect, but put them into situations to succeed, not be like, you should succeed, so do yeah. what I tell you. And this is where, and I think Kevin Stefanski is going to be a good coach in this league, but you feel a lot more confident having oh. having Gary Kubiak in there when teams start adjusting to what they do. It's not Because he's, he's a, you know, he's a brilliant And this is Kubiak's guy. scheme. Yeah. Like to Kevin's along say, okay, for the ride, need to do. and he's going to learn from it, and yeah. good for him. But this is what Gary – but but I I really appreciate the fact that this team realized that a year ago they basically said, we're paying Cousins 28 mil, so play like it. And now they're like, okay, you can't do that to him. Yeah, that's sounded good the first year. Now it's they realized this is not a guy who's going to win it on his own. All right, I got a question for yep. you. It's about the quarterback. <laughs> You've got to help me here. Yeah. Because, you know what, we've covered a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of star players, and some of them have the it factor. And I don't just mean on the field, I mean off as as well. Brett Favre could do whatever he wanted, Mm -hmm. and he was Brett Favre. Football royalty, right? So if Brett Favre wanted to poke fun at a lineman (laughs) for sweating profusely from his behind or his calves, everyone would have laughed, including Garrett Bradbury. What is Kirk doing here? and, And Okay, just to be clear. And I've said this a bunch of times uh, since Kirk's quotes about Garrett Bradbury's butt sweat came out. I am not saying this is going to divide this team. It's not going to cost them win. But I would have thought he would have learned enough from what happened last year. Garrett Bradbury evidently did not find this to be funny. I saw a video and he didn't play along with the joke exactly but what but why doesn't kirk realize this is not he's not Favre. he's not yeah just just go out there do your best play quarterback but you can't legislate the fact that you know i'm like Favre or i'm like brady no you aren't yeah it it uh fell flat delivery i think <laughs> well and he kept talking about it and if you listen to and, and this is in the back of my mind the one thing i thought was my God, he sounds like he is setting himself up for the next time he fumbles to to be like, we'll all think, well, hey, that butt sweat problem, you know, that could be real. So I wasn't there, but I watched our the Star Tribune video of Bradbury, and he seemed uncomfortable. I thought he'd like have a, like be funny with it and have a good time he with it. He seemed uncomfortable ask, answering it. Of, I, I, I think he's a young, very serious player. And doesn't really want to joke around yet. Well, and it, you know what? Think about it. Yeah. The he's about 24. That's embarrassing. Yeah. And Cousins, if you go back, and I know he was joking to a certain degree, but if you go back and listen, he's he's like, you know, I, I'm told it's not going to be a problem during games. And, yeah. Like, it wasn't all a joke. Yeah, it was. There's a serious nature of the next time he drops the ball, at least in well, my mind, I'm going to be like, I wonder if that's sweat problem. Well, not in your mind. It's going to get asked. Okay. Anytime there's right. a fumble, good it's going to get asked. You guarantee it's going to get asked, but right? I don't think that that was a good idea. In hindsight, like if far if we would have laughed about it, like you're right it would have it yes. would have been a non-issue but now it's it, it it might be a non-issue but I guarantee it gets asked if there's a fumble and I know because but it why doesn't he why can't he figure out his place like I'm not I'm not asking him not to talk like nothing I'm I think saying he probably you, thought it was going to be funny in his in mind, he probably thought... This Doesn't he know who he laugh. is? Uh, like, he's the king of fumbling. <laughs> he's setting him... I'm telling you, there's a little thing in the back of my head saying, yeah. next time he fumbles, I'm going to think about this. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't he learn from... His end-of-the-season press conference after the Bears game was a disaster. Yeah, that, that didn't go well at all. No, but I'm saying, don't you learn from that? And don't you say, you know what? I'm probably a person that shouldn't say too much. <laughs> he's the quarterback, though. He has to say a lot. That's his... But he also could... But he doesn't... Okay, explain things. Yeah. Talk football. Yeah. I, I just I just 
it was the type of I, thing. And I, it's I been such say, a quiet training camp. And I don't think he understands when you say that stuff. This is not 1994. That every ESPN show, the debate shows, did segments on Garrett Bradbury's sweaty butt. They did. I didn't really highly know. questionable around the horn. Oh my goodness. PTI and they all went viral. And they all discuss it as a viable. You know, as uh, is this a problem? Like did collar like, reach, in a, like in a serious way? Yes, collar tweet. Well, it's funny too, but yeah, yes. Yeah. But they talked about it. But collar sent me a tweet from a football guy who basically said there have been good starting centers who have had to move to guard in their career because oh of my this God. problem. Oh, so, but, so but, now it's become a story. Yes, <laughs> it started out as a quip, probably right. But collar said he went on for almost five minutes about this. Oh, is that long? He went on, and oh. there, there were like because there were follow ups. I think Gessling asked a follow up, which. He should have. I don't blame Ben. He's doing yeah. his job. Like, you just open the door for a subject that is about fumbling, and That's you have a problem with fumbling. You, you wonder. Kurt probably had no idea ESPN's going to pick this thing up. And but it, think about it. I know. <laughs> this is my point. <laughs> why, exactly. why don't you think about that? You are your Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Poor Bradbury. Why? Well, and I do. <laughs> you know what? I honestly feel bad for the kid. Because he had it, yeah. Well, and think about, like, Collar has said this, too, and he's right. You know, if you're Garrett Bradbury's parents, you know, your son's about to play in his first preseason. You're so proud. And now you got to see two days of his butt sweat, butt sweat and his calves. <laughs> and Kirk went on about, oh, it's not just his behind. It's his calves, too. Yeah. I mean, it looks like he – his quote at one point was, it looks like uh, when I'm driving and it's raining and the rain is coming on my windshield – like he went into detail. He just kept going. He doesn't. He's the kid that doesn't have any sense for that. Like that switch in your head yeah. was like, oh, I guess I really should stop. Doesn't now. see it. Needs the air bubble above his head. Like this and, is not going and well. You know, but you know this. Yeah. There are guys like Favre who everyone gravitates to, and it's great. Like if Favre would have told that story, but he would have been self-deprecating too, and talked yeah. about how he's, you know, yeah. he would have found a way, and it would have been so long and convoluted that our <laughs> eyes would have glazed over eventually once we got done. I, I just, I find it very interesting. Yeah, it's, well, how many close-ups on uh, Garrett Bradbury's butt are we going to see on TV with all the sweat and see if it causes... Week one, we, we will, because it'll be an independent, it'll be like fo- the Fox game or something. Yeah, I know. The Vikings game, we probably won't as much. They'll probably be told to back off of that. Oh, I'm sure. But um, anyway, I just, I mean, it's a funny I've been so I've been so, like, consumed with twins. I didn't even know this became, like, a viral story this it week. Was I mean, I, I saw it, and I was... Jonathan and I were, were in studio for, what, an, two and a half hours yesterday, and every ESPN show, which has the little, what, yeah, sandwich sure. board thing yeah, yeah. coming up next, had the Garrett Bradbury discussion. Oh, my Lord. But, you know, I, but are, are, are you surprised? That's the way we I guess we not, because now. it's a weird thing to bring up. And that's the way that we operate now. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. I got to look at the clock here. The conduits are might be going along. Oh, the conduits are right on time. We're good. Last thoughts, final thoughts, Chip Scoggins. Um, what will the level of panic in this town be if the Indians leave here with the lead? DefCon one. Okay. Do we panic about the Twins like we do the Vikings, or will we yes, just be? Yes, we do. Or will we just be angry? Yes, we do in this or, town. Or will we just be PO'd? I think we'll be angry. I think we'll be angry. Falvey and Levine will, if if the starting pitching fails, the series continues. I think they deserve the heat, though, without a doubt. Like yeah. I'm, I'm all on board for the heat yes. coming at them. Yeah, they knew they knew what they were doing, mm-hmm. and the hubris to be like, "Well, we fixed Martin Perez; he'll be fine." No, he's not fine. And you yeah. had a long. You know what? If the if everyone and okay, just quickly too, this drives me crazy. 
So the Twins apologists and fans last night start tweeting out about, well, the starting staff ERA is this or that. Why can't we balance analytics, statistics, and yeah. what we watch? Yeah. Like there's a there, – I don't understand well, people like it's, – it's clear they either don't watch games or they just want to ignore that part and make the narrative with the stat. And the stats are great. No, I, I think they're eighth in, the, in baseball in ERA, right? And to be clear, analytics got no problem with them. But you got to balance that with what you're watching. Yankees, Braves, yes. and against good teams, and that's not a small sample size. It's good teams. Yeah, it's good teams. That's 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 the point. Is like, it's not so much. Yeah, the, great. Shut down the Marlins. Shut down the White. I mean, that's great. And you should. But the whole point is look at it from a thirty thousand foot view of the postseason. This is this is a team that you you want to see get to the postseason and have a chance at the World Series, and with the starting rotation. Everything we what have we said? Every decision they make should be with October in mind. Correct. Which we've been saying for not you said eight weeks. Yeah. And tonight you're starting Devin Smelter. Great story. Yeah. God bless him. Happy as can against be Shane Bieber. For, yeah. How's that fair? How's that fair to but, Devin Smelter? How's that fair to your team? How's that fair to the thirty plus thousand people who are going to pack your ballpark because they had faith that you were going to do the right thing? And the thing is. You know, the offense might light up Bieber and they score eight runs and they win. And I tell you what, if you don't make, and and you didn't, if this team is not hoisting a World Series trophy within the next five years being carried by Alex Kirilov and Royce Lewis, I'm not going to forget this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dead serious. Because that's what you And I'm not talking making the playoffs. I don't want, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not talking, uh, I'm not talking the 2000 twins. Those were fun. But what was it? You didn't win playoff series, right? I'm talking Kirloff. It's become now imperative that Kirloff and Lewis are hoisting a World Series trophy or else your strategy for the summer of 2019 is a colossal failure. Because they were the Buxton and Sano. They're the new Buxton and Sano, apparently, within the organization, right? Yeah. The two guys that... And and that's fine. But Go win a World Series. Yeah. Within the With next him. five years. Go With win him. a World Series. Yeah. All right. We're done, Chip Scott. All right, brother. Conduits of Trouble uh, back at you. I'm sure it'll be very positive a week from Friday. Talk to you. Bye.